Right here on The Fan, I got you for three hours. You know how it works. The warm-up show comes your way at five. I got you. Till then, me and Flegelman rolling with you. 877-337-6666. You heard Marco. That's the crew. We're the same old crew, but it's the new crew, the new look, New York Knicks. Two games up, two games down, baby. 116-100 to against the Chicago Bulls. Who are a lousy team, but have gone ten and six over the last sixteen without Levine. But you know what? I'm not going to focus on that part of it. They beat the best team in the West with the first game since they've made the trade, and they are two and zero since doing it. And I'm going to enjoy. What I'm not going to do is focus on things that some people will focus on that I've even focused on in the past. I am not going to focus on the idea that they this is not enough. And they need one more player for a championship. That all still may be true. And whether or not they have it, I know Stephen A. Smith is obviously screaming all over the, the, the pregame. And he's made his voice heard loud and clear. And, he, and listen, it makes sense. We've been saying it for a while. You still need a superstar in the NBA. Right? You know that. You need a superstar in the NBA. You need multiple superstars. And the Knicks, even after the OG trade still don't have that, and whether or not they have the capability to do so with now just the uh, 11 draft picks they have over the next how many you know years and whatever they're capable of of offering for the trade deadline. You live watching Woj talk about it, and you need someone to come here and want to be a Nick and all that, and that's fine. And ultimately, it's probably true, but I'm going to stay away from it and just focus on the fact that this is a better basketball team than it was a couple of days ago, and I love what I'm watching. Other than the sloppiness of the first half, and boy, in this game were they sloppy. They were throwing the ball all over the place. Hart literally threw it into the stands. I mean, they were – they the turnovers – what was it uh, – 13 or 14 turnovers in the first half alone. They were throwing the ball all over the place, and the Bulls were shooting the lights out of the building, and there's and it's still a game, a couple of points at halftime. And so you knew that the Knicks were in this game, and you knew the Knicks were the better team in this game, and ultimately what they've done here since they've made this trade, like let's be totally honest. All right, you might miss quickly. And they talked about this during the broadcast. You might miss quickly his instant energy off the bench. Him and Brunson on the court at the same time was a dynamic duo, uh, offensive guard play. And you miss quickly. But let's be totally honest. And I'm not here to badmouth Barrett. But let's be honest. Do you miss him at all? Like watching this team right now, Ananobi is such a better fit for this team than R.J. Barrett was. It's not even worth discussing. Two games in, he didn't even do that much in this game. Ananobi scored 11 points. He st- you know, he took nine shots, went five for nine from the field, made a couple of defensive plays, got some dunks, but if you look at it, plus 35 in the game. 
Now they're going to probably figure out, they got to figure out a way to get him a little bit more unlocked offensively. He scored 17 in the first game. He scores 11 in this game. You want to get him a little more involved, but ultimately he fits this team like a glove playing the defense that he's playing, playing the, the role that he's playing. And right now, when you add what uh, what Isaiah Hartenstein has done here, who has been, like, let's be totally honest, watching this guy, I mean, I understand the kind of season that they were having prior to this, and I understand the Mitchell Robinson season he was having. Hartenstein gets 20 rebounds in this game. He's extremely active in the pass game. He's got a decent shot. I think he might have a better offensive game than Mitchell Robinson, not saying that's much. But he's killing it on the boards. He gets twenty offensive. He gets twenty rebounds in this game. They're pushing the ball down the court. They're hitting their threes. They look like a fun basketball team, a team that you knew was going to win this game. And you know, watching just everything about this team over the last two over these last two games, it feels like this team is trending in the right direction immediately. And that's what the trade can do. And that's what we talked about it instantly. There is a better feel and a different feel, and this team needed something, right? I, I understand that Randall's gone off, and Randall is one of the more, you know, puzzling, interesting, hard-to-put-your-finger-on players that we've come across, not just for the Knicks, but any team in this city. Like, let's be honest. Who gets more, I don't want to say hate, although he's getting his picture torn down at the end of playoff games, and he's been miserable in the playoffs. Don't get me wrong. But who gets more disrespect as an all-NBA player who's capable of playing the way he's played the last handful of games, which, in my opinion, is the best he's been as a Nick? I mean, he, in 39 minutes, he scores 35 points. He gets to the basket and finishes. He's been finishing at the rim much better than he has prior to this. He When he's at... When he's at full speed attacking the basket, he was able to stop and avoid a couple of uh, offensive fouls. He was getting to the free throw line. He was making those tough shots inside the inside the paint. He's hitting his threes better. He's three for seven uh, from three, six for seven from the free throw line, 35 points. I mean, who is a more polarizing night-to-night basis of and, and someone who's so important, an all-pro player, an all-NBA player, to have the Knights and to run the team the way he's capable of running it and yet still feel like he's not someone you can win with. Like on some level, that will always be there until it's different, right? Until he actually does it, until the team actually gets to the postseason and does something with him and he's a reason for making it through a round or beating a team you didn't expect him to beat or just having Knights consistently the way he has for the last week or two. In the postseason, there'll always be that fear that you know the ceiling of Julius Randle and you know the ceiling of the New York Knicks with Julius Randle being their 1A, 1B, whatever you want to call him, to Brunson, who's obviously, over the last two years, we know what he's become here in a New York uniform. Scored 31 points himself. Four for nine from behind the arc. And he had had a much better shooting night than he did the other night against Minnesota when they won that first game since the trade. But, I mean, Randall's ability to get to the basket, their ability now to play defense, that whether it's DiVincenzo or Brunson or even Hart, you know, uh, Grimes' ability to just be a pop-and-shoot kind of guy, and now you're seeing that even from uh, Ananobi is, the, is the, a kind of player who can make those shots, especially from the corner. They're better defensively. They're a better shooting team. And honestly, with Hartenstein, I think the offense actually works better. 
I think this team might actually be better with the toughness and the grit. I mean, you're talking about 20 rebounds, five blocks, two of them being critical uh, points of the game in the third quarter when they were taking themselves back into the game and taking the lead as soon as the third quarter started. Big-time blocks at the rim. Like, he was, he was a force in this game. And now this team, uh, again, I don't want to be the guy, and I don't think Nick fans should. I don't think that's what we should be focused on. Stephen A. Smith might be right, and in the back of your mind, you might always be wondering, are they good enough to take on the Bucs? Are they good enough to take on the Celtics? And I don't know the answer to that question. My initial thought is probably not, that they still need to go out and make a move. And whether it's Mitchell or whether it's Murray or whether whomever it is who wants to make that jump to come to the Mecca, Right, that we've been talking about since this trade, the Mecca, and come here and make this a championship-level team. Until that actually happens, all you can do is focus on the fact that they have a head coach that now went out and got a player. And Leon Rose went out and got a player in OG who fits this team far better than R.J. Barrett did. Far better. And they are a group right now that was 26th defensive rating heading into it. That's not a Thibodeau team. And I suspect, and what we've seen in the first two games, they're going to get much better defensively. They're going to get more efficient offensively. And they are a far better team than they were a couple days ago. The impact of this trade has already been felt by everyone on the team. Even if, you know, Ananobi hasn't gone off and been incredible himself, he's efficient. He, He waits for a shot. He's got great hands defensively. You know how good he is with, you know, he's one of the top steel guys in the NBA. His length, his ability to guard different positions, his ability to pop and shoot. You know, maybe actually Grimes getting some more time. We're going to see uh, McBride got 10 minutes in this game. You're going to see some different guys step in. But DiVincenzo's been good lately. Brunson's been good lately. And Randall is, I mean, you know what Brunson is. But Randall has been absolutely dominant. He's been a dominant force. And as much maligned as he is, and the conversation right now, if you're being fair, is this guy's an absolute stud. We can't always just harken back to what he's done in the postseason and envision eventually how it's going to end. And I know that's easy to do. And we, and we all get caught up in it. And we get caught up in the idea that they don't have this and they don't have that and that you know he'll turn into a pumpkin like he always does come postseason time. The fact of the matter is when Julius Randle is playing like this and hitting, you know, dominating the, the player in front of him and creating his own shot with step backs, hitting, hitting threes on the fadeaway in the corner, like every aspect of the game, finishing at the rim, when he's playing like this, this Nick team – actually has you thinking that maybe, just maybe, and why not dream? That's my main point of the show. It's been this trade immediately immediately hit with kind of disappointment, right? One, the disappointment of losing quickly. I'm not sure how much R.J. Barrett. I'm sure there were Nick fans out there who were disappointed they went out and, 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 and traded R.J. Barrett. But losing quickly, but ultimately losing quickly and R.J. Barrett, two assets you thought were going to be needed to get the superstar. And it wasn't for a superstar. It was for a player who fit them like a glove and who instantly has changed the feeling around the team. 
and it's two games, and they've won big games like this before. And you know the the Bulls certainly at fifteen and twenty one. Despite I don't care, they've been you know ten and six over the last sixteen. We know what they are. We know how limited they are. I understand you know DeRozan early in the first half, especially was hitting his shots. Uh, you know. Caruso is an excellent role player. White has really emerged this year to be one of the, you know, their better players, and they've done well without their superstar. But this is a team on most nights the Knicks should be good enough to beat, but there's something about the way they're playing. They were sloppy with the basketball, and the Bulls were shooting the lights out, and it's a four or five point game at the half, and you felt confident, and you knew the Knicks were going to come back and win this game. And certain players are starting to emerge here. And the the just the tweaking of a roster that had hit its ceiling. Like, it was just time to change the team. And yes, it wasn't someone who was going to come in here. And as Stephen, uh, Stephen, Stephen A. Smith said in the postgame show, you know, or have, whenever he said it, he, the Knicks don't have that guy. At least you don't think so. We'll see if if Brunson or or Randall can become this guy. And Randall was this guy last night. But they don't have that great star offensive player to say, here, take the ball and go win us a game. That's what they're lacking. But that doesn't mean you sit still and idly by and wait for that when you know it might not come and pass up opportunities to make the team better. And this team is better. And watching this basketball team, I enjoyed watching this game and I've enjoyed watching these two games, having the optimism of the trade, Understanding the defensive element that's brought here, the change in the team, getting rid of R.J. Barrett, and I don't want to trash R.J. Barrett, that's not the point here, but as a third overall pick, he was never the guy they needed him to be, and he was never going to be the guy they needed him to be, and immediately, I feel much better about the team with the switch between him and and O.G. I feel so much better about the team just watching them right now. So allow yourself to dream. Don't get hung up on the fact that they don't have a superstar. And don't get hung up on the fact that ultimately there may be a ceiling. Who knows? Anything is possible. And right now they're playing good basketball, and I feel confident that right now with this coach, with the style of play he's going to be able to get from Hartenstein, from OG, the way Randall is playing right now, you know what Brunson is, and hopefully some other guys can step up. You know, they they give McBride the contract. You know what, uh, you know, the way Hart's been playing, uh, Grimes is two for six from the three-point line. Like, they have elements here. They have guys who can shoot the three. Now they've gotten a little bit of a better defensive team. They still, as as much as, you know, the injury might have caused their rebounding, Hartenstein has stepped up, 20 rebounds, five blocks. Like, this team has the elements, particularly with this coach, to play the grimy, hard-fought kind of basketball to go along, you know, the three and D. That might be better than you think. And right now, I'm allowing myself to dream as a Nick fan. I love watching that game. I love where this team is. And moving forward, the teams in front of them, like, they're, I, we all know the three teams that are, are the top in the East, but the other teams out in front of them, whether it be Cleveland or whether it be Orlando or whomever, like, uh, the Pacers, like, right now, I separate the Knicks from all of those teams except the big three. And maybe the Heat, obviously, is the big four. The Knicks are right there. And right now, it's an exciting time to be a Knicks fan. And if Randall can keep this up, and that's the question for me now that we've seen this for a while. He got off to a terrible start, recovering from the injury. He's back. He's playing better. And he's a dominant force at the moment. 
but one of the more polarizing and puzzling players, do you have faith in it? And has he shown you enough, or has he made you believe, or if if this even continues, is this good enough with him, Brunson, and the rest of the way this team plays, and to be you know hopefully better defensively now, is this team good enough to actually surprise us all and not need the superstar and do something special without having to go and get the stud? I'm going to allow myself to dream. 877-337-6666. McMonigle here with you in the overnights. We'll do a little bit of Knicks, obviously. It's an exciting time, man. I, I have to admit, the trade really pumped me up. I liked the trade when it first happened. I was surprised at the reaction from a lot of Knicks fans. I know we like quickly, but I think it's sunk in now that this team is far better. Far better. And I'm not going to focus on the idea that I don't know if it's if it's good enough just yet or if you know they still need to go make that move. And we all know they still do, and that's a fair point and it's a fair reaction. But watching this team just for two days, I get it. It's two games. I'm not going to tell you they're, they're the best team in the East. What I'm going to tell you is the shift immediately makes me feel better. And the fact that we really haven't even seen the best of OG just yet and still the entire team seems to click better makes me feel like this is the move that could just, you know, switch them and just get something going here because it felt stagnant. It felt stagnant where they were. And R.J. Barrett, despite starting the year, you know, shooting the ball fairly well, had fallen back into what he was and what he is and what he always will be, and something needed to be done just to change this team, even if it wasn't going to be for the superstar. And two games in, it feels different. It looks different. And I believe in this team far more than I did three days ago or three games ago. And I'm pumped about it. 877-337-6666. We'll get to the football as well because it's already time to discuss the future of Saquon Barkley. Don't you love meaningless Week 18s when we have such fun talking points about whether or not we should franchise tag the running back? Woo! Love it! Or whether or not they mishandled the quarterback they drafted three years ago in the case of the Jets. What fun. I love dead seasons. Or whether or not we should win or lose. And is it worth it just to make Bill Belichick suffer? Is it better to make them lose the draft pick? Giant fans, are you hoping to cost the Eagles something? Are you, do you want to keep your draft slot? Do you have to go out and beat the Eagles? Oh, none of it matters. But let's talk about it. We'll do that. And, of course, as we wait for this baseball offseason to get started yet again after the holidays, and both of these teams doing nothing. And there is still a prevailing thought along the Met fans that drives me absolutely nuts. Call us, 877-337-6666. Powered by Paramount+. Plus. Stream the NFL on CBS live on Paramount+. Plus. All right, 226. Let's enjoy the Knicks. Let's do it. Why not? Because I, th- I think I'm trying to t- uh, talk to myself, actually. I think that open was kind of like a little bit of therapy for myself because I get bogged down in the idea of, well, they have a, they have a ceiling. You know, I mean, they, they still need a superstar. Can't, you can't win an NBA championship in this league without, you know, they need the other piece. I mean, this just isn't enough, and I get hung up on that. I get hung up on that, 
And I get hung up on Julius Randle, too. It's another one. I'll be totally honest with you. I have a tough time buying into it. He's been up and down and hated and loved and, you know, played well, played awful, played great leading into the postseason, then fell apart. And you can make excuses. The Atlanta series was all on him. Suddenly there were crowds there, whatever excuse. that remember that excuse that it was playing in front of people again. And then last year he had the ankle injury, but for whatever reason, I just find it hard to just watch what he's doing right now. And it's incredible. Like watching him play last night, I don't like normally that kind of guy is a guy we'd all embrace. And the way he plays, and, you know, sometimes he's sloppy with the basketball. And the whole team was in the first half, my God, just throwing the ball away. But some, at one point, both teams were. It was like they just kept throwing it to each other. It was bizarre. It was some awful, awful sloppy basketball to start the game. Um, and if it wasn't for the the Bulls just absolutely killing it from behind the arc for a while there, it wouldn't have even been a close basketball game. And ultimately, it wasn't in the second half. But, I mean, Randall's tenaciousness, his ability to get to the basket, his just effort, the minutes he plays on a nightly basis. I mean, I know now the trend of sitting him uh, at the end of the third quarter to start the fourth quarter since the trade. Uh, We'll see how that works out. But, I mean, this is a guy who plays a ton of minutes. He sat the last, what was it, four minutes of the third quarter getting ready for the fourth after, you know, bringing the team giving the team the lead to start the third quarter, just getting at the basket with abandon and 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 finishing, making tough shots, full speed, stopped, off the rim, I mean, off the backboard, just playing out of his mind. And, you know, his, his threes this year have been down. His three-point percentage has been down this year, but over the last handful of games, it's coming back to him. Three for seven last night, 35 points. Just, you know, a force. And the effort and the way he does it, I think typically, and right now it is, something that the fans absolutely would get behind. But somehow in the back of our minds, like at least for mine it is, like we just know uh, there's just a a feeling that it's not going to work with him when it needs to. In the biggest moments, it's not going to work. And and I'm, I'm starting to just try and get away from it. I'm starting to get away from it because in every other sport we talk about postseasons or, you know, I know the NBA is different. I get it. And we're going to see, like right now, Lamar Jackson, another example. He's going to win his second MVP. He has questions to answer come postseason time. But I don't know if, and again, slightly different, and we're talking MVP here and the quarterback position. But I wonder how many Raven fans feel the same way, like, oh, uh, just a matter of time before Lamar Jackson shows up. I would think that they're pretty optimistic. So why aren't we optimistic? Are we no better than the Baltimoreans? Let's go. I'm optimistic about the Knicks. Maybe Randall has actually figured something out here and will continue to be this stud player. And we, uh, we're all confident in what Brunson is. But I mean, DiVincenzo, his, you know, his motor and his ability to shoot the the three, and especially in transition. But he, you know, I don't know if he can get his own shot. But in transition, pop and shoot, 
Same thing for, you know, Ananobi. I think he adds that element too, much more than Randall did. Plus you've got, you know, Grimes who can shoot. We're going to see if McBride starts to get a little bit more of a role in this team. They are going to need someone to replace Quickly's points off the bench and energy off the bench. But right now, loving this Nick team. Loving the change, loving the spark, and finding myself hopelessly believing in the idea that maybe, just maybe, they could do more than we think they can. And just maybe, they can go on a run here. Chris in Farmingdale. What's up, Chris? Hey, Chris. going on? What's up, buddy? Um, yeah, I'm just like you. I'm so pumped about this Knicks team. Um, I, I was kind of um, – I was actually heartbroken at first when um, they made I, that trade. I like, think uh, a lot of Knicks fans were. I was surprised with the amount of heartbreak because he, I think it, you needed a change. You were getting the best player, and I understand what Quickly is, but like I think we all had the feeling that it, it wasn't going to work with Quickly here long term once he didn't sign mm-hmm. that contract. And it was funny because the day before that, I think it was the day before trade, I texted my friend who's also a big Knicks fan. Um, I said, it's time to trade RJ. I was like, this is what he yeah. is. He, he's, he's, he's night and day. Do you, um, I, I hate to say this, but like honestly, watching the game, do you miss him at all? Like I, watching these two, I, I, watching I, these two games, well, I find I, I think they've they've been be, they've been better without him, and I think uh, Ananobi plays plays the role for them well, much much better. The IQ, the, the, the IQ alone is yes. making us a lot better. I mean, yes, Adobe knows where to go. He knows who to defend. Yes, um, the best play I think in that game was I forget who it was. I think it was a dunk. It was a missed dunk. It was like um, on a fast break. Yeah, and you saw it. Adobe and Hart in the backcourt, and boom, they both double teams come. Like the two best defenders on a team. That, yeah, that was. Perfect. No, I mean, and then like that—that's a—that's a, a play that stands out. You're right. Some of the the defensive effort, but then also the tenacity on the boards. That that one play where they had multiple three pointers missed, and Hartenstein kept either getting the rebound or poking it out. Hart came across and got the rebound. Uh, DiVincenzo at points in this game, just you know, going for rebounds with abandon. Like the the fight and grit of this team is starting to show a little bit more. And the idea that it's going to be this, you know, it's going to be Tibbs's type of team is showing a little bit more to go along with Randall dominating. Yeah, and I, I do think they need another guard, and I think you could seriously talk about them possibly going for a championship. Like, Giante uh, Murray, um, how about Kyle Kuzma? I mean, Washington's tanking bad. Kyle Kuzma uh, is averaging 22.8 points a, a game, mm-hmm. 6.1 rebounds. I think it's uh, the assists aren't that high. Um or DeRozan. Look at DeRozan today. He had 31 points. I mean, that, yeah. that he's a great, great guy to have. If, if Bunch is not having a big game, um, or, or I mean, he, he can create spacing. He, he's not a big three-point shooter. Right. Um, but I think he's somebody that you, you can you can you got to put the defense back on the bench because they're really depleted now. You can't keep playing these guys and give them the minutes. That they're going to burn out. Yeah. No, I mean, I think that's I think that's fair, Chris. And yeah, they need they need that other scorer, no doubt. They need that other scorer. Uh, and we'll see. I still think they have the ass- assets to do it, um, and it's just a matter of whether or not that player happens uh, and is available and wants to come here. And we'll have to see, like, how that works out. And you told you saw on the 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 pre and post or halftime whenever uh, Woj was on there talking about it. Like he doesn't know if it's going to be at this trade deadline. 
He doesn't, you know, it'll probably have to be in the offseason. They still have all these picks. They're in a position to do it. You know, they've passed. They passed on Mitchell last year. Um, I don't know if Mitchell's going to be available. I don't know who's going to be available. Like, that's the thing. It's it's tough to – it's 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 not easy to just say, oh, this guy would be perfect, that guy would be perfect. I mean, we could say that, but it's a matter of whether or not they're going to be available and want to work their way to the Knicks, which I think what you're seeing also is that the Knicks are much more of a desirable team. Like, this is the kind of basketball that you'll see them play that could get it. Like, if a, a superstar is looking for a place where he can go and score points and not have to worry – you know, and know that they're sound defensively, know that they're well coached, know that there's other guys there who can score and, and, you know, carry some of the weight, like, and the style of play, the tenacity, the rebounding, which they've been a, a good rebounding team all year long. Like, that's the kind of team that a guy will look at and now, hey, to go along with New York, I don't know if that's a positive or a negative anymore. Like, I just, I don't know. It's been so long. Like, we call it the Mecca, and that's fine. It's been so long of superstars coming here and having big games. Even Redick in the, on the broadcast, well, how many points will you score during what was your career high at the Garden? You remember? <laughs> Everyone remembers their career high at the Garden. Nobody ever does it as a Nick. Right? That's the joke. So I don't know if people would have to be convinced to come play in New York. I don't know the situation. I don't know how the rest of the NBA players feel about it, but... Every time they talk about it, it's the Mecca, it's this and that. But nobody ever makes the decision other than, you know, obviously Carmelo and Stat. Like, uh, other than that, no one's really wanted to be here uh, in Brunson. But, like, they need someone to come here. And they need to make this team appealing. And I think it is right now. And they have the first-round picks, and we'll see. But, yeah, those are, I mean, Kuzma, I, I don't know how. I don't know what the value is of Kuzma. I don't know how many picks I trade. I like that's not. I don't know if that's a move that puts them over the top. Um, DeRozan, same thing. You know, he's a good. He's a he's a really good scorer. He's a great player. I mean, you know, what do you have over two thousand career points? Like he, he's a. But you're looking for the superstar that changes the team, and I just don't know if those guys are the answer. But right now, I just love the way they're playing. And I think they're good enough to go out there and, and make a real run and be one of the better teams in the Eastern Conference and be a team that on any given night, especially if Randall's going to play like this, which to me is the whole team. Like, you watch this team play right now, I think there are givens, right? I think there are there are many givens right now. Like, you're right, I'm, I'm worried a little bit about these guys burning out. I'm worried about Brunson burning out. You know, you want to get some depth. They did bring in some players. You saw, you know, some of the minutes are a little skewed because the, the game got out of whack. But, I mean, you know... You're seeing Grimes is going to have to play more. What Grimes played uh, 18 minutes in this game. McBride played 10 minutes in this game. Uh, Chua played 11 minutes in this game. So, like, they're going to have to be guys who now step in and play a little bit more and give some guys a rest. And you're right, there may be more trades coming, even if it's not a superstar necessarily or a big-time superstar. It might be someone just to come in here and add some depth and add some uh, different qualities. But, like... There are givens on this team. I think you're going to find that hopefully if Harten, if Hartenstein can continue to play like this, and I and I really do like him, like watching him play, I, I think he's smart. I think he's tough. I think he's a, an excellent rebounder. I think he can defend the rim. I think he's going to emerge as someone who's better than we all thought. And, and we liked him as a role player, but I think he's even better. I think he can be better than that. I think they have some shooting. I think Brunson is obviously 
you know, one of the better point guards in the lead and you feel good about him. The question to me is can Randall be this player? Can Randall be this guy who can take it to the basket at will? Is he the guy who can shoot threes? Is he the guy who can hit clutch free throws? Is he a guy you can count on in the biggest moments and when the, the lights are brightest to go out there and perform like the all-NBA player he's been? Can he do that? Because I think there are givens here that give you a chance to be a team that could upset someone in a series. But Randall is is the team. As much as Brunson's the best player and Brunson's the heart of the team, for me, if Randall is this, then they have a legitimate chance to be better than we all think. And you're seeing the floor space better. Again, the defensive IQ, uh, the tenacity, the length that Ananobi brings. Just there, I just like the feel of the team so much. It's been two day, two games, and you've heard it from the players too. As much as. Randall was sad to see his guys go, and they, you know, quickly. Uh, I saw. I didn't see. I, I forgot to look and see what he did. I know he got a chain or something. He had. Did he have a big game with uh, Toronto? Um. But like, as sad as it was to see, you know, Randall go and see quickly go, and it takes some time, especially those two guys. You got to understand, you know, the lifeblood of a team. You need to draft, and, that, and that's been the other conversation is. If not trading for a superstar, if not getting a superstar in free agency, if those aren't on the table right now, if there isn't a disgruntled star looking to make it to New York, they're going to have to figure out a way to draft a superstar. And I heard a caller on with Keith before talking about all the different teams that have won championships with superstars that were their own and, you know, had the years of the Knicks just missing or making terrible picks or, you know, whatever the case may be. Two of their draft picks, obviously the third overall and quickly a second-round pick, uh, were just moved. And guys that were loved by their teammates and guys who you know, were part of this culture and core for a long time. And despite that and despite the sad feelings it's brought, I think everyone's recognized on that team that instantly the chemistry of the, the team is better. And the elements that OG brings outweighs the idea of missing their friends. Like, I think it's going to be a positive thing for this team, and we've seen it two games in. Again, who knows what the next two games bring? And maybe we feel completely different about it. But right now, like, watching this team, uh, I just think they're an overall much better team. It feels different. It feels better. And I, I enjoyed watching the games. I enjoyed watching the games, and I, and I, and I, I honestly think – that they're in a position, if they ever do get that superstar, they're in a far better position with OG. And right now they're a team with Hartenstein getting 20 rebounds. How long is that going to last? Is he going to get 20 rebounds every night? No, his career high was 17. He got 20 in this game. But, I mean, I, he was he, he had five blocks, 20, 10 points, 20, 20 rebounds, and 10 blocks. That's a hell of a night. That's a hell of a night against a team that, again, we don't think is very good in Chicago and is missing their star, but has been 10-6 and six and playing decent basketball over the last 16 games. I just, I like what I've seen, and I, I don't want to get hampered. I don't want to get bogged down in the, final, in, the, in the finalities of what we know NBA basketball to be. Like, that's what I don't want to do. I don't want to dismiss this. I don't want to dismiss the trade. 
I don't want to dismiss the basketball I've seen. I don't want to dismiss Randall. I don't want to dismiss these things just with the arcing overall conversation that I myself get bogged down in, especially in the NBA as well. Are they good enough to beat the Celtics? Like, I don't want to do that. I want to enjoy it. And they are better. And I've seen good things. And you know what? Maybe, right? Just maybe. But as Randall goes, so go the Knicks. And right now, he's been a, a force. Mike in Kings Park. What's up, Mike? Hey, what's going on? What's um, up, buddy? Not too much. I I love the trade. I, people were killing the Knicks when they made this trade when it first came oh, out. Yeah, the, the, the fan base was besides itself. Yeah, and I was like one of the few that I was like, I, I, I wanted him last year. I know he's kind of been on, like, you know, this administration of the Knicks for an office eye for a while in OG. And I think you're seeing why. Like, I mean, when you look at that Minnesota game, he's guarding Carl Anthony Towns one possession. Right. And then, Ed, and Edward, then Edwards. And, and Edwards the next, yes. He can guard one through. I think he's probably a little bit more suited to guard one through four, but he can guard on this team in a pinch, uh, especially with the, you know, Sims dealing with something and. Um, and Hartenstein being really the only other uh, size, although they did uh, add some in the trade as well. But in a pinch, he can guard a five. But yeah, he is a he is one of those guys that you can ask him to handle the best player on the other team, you know, whatever yeah. the position. Exactly, and and for the playoffs, I mean, and offensively too. Like, you know, it just he spread he 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 stretches the floor better than RJ. No um, doubt. You know, you, you have to. You have to account for the, especially the corner threes. He gets that shot at a high rate. Yep. Um, a much higher rate than RJ. And yeah. he finishes better around the rim, too. Yep. That's one thing that got RJ Barrett. He would get to the rim a lot yeah. of times and kind of do these weird, like, lefty floaters and yeah. things like that. Um, like, this guy. Get, and getting to the rim was RJ's best quality. Like, he got to the rim. Uh, he, he, he was got strong. To the rim, yeah, I didn't love the way he finished either. And just watching him shoot, like, you don't even have to tell me the numbers. Like, I, watching the jump shot, it's so much more fluid and natural looking than R.J. Barrett's right. shot. Like, it's just, he, he looks like a much more confident shooter. Uh, hopefully, we're going to see that emerge more uh, as he's more comfortable with the Knicks. But I do think that's an added element, no doubt. But the main thing for me is, yeah, the length, the size, the ability to guard anybody on the, op- the opposing team. Uh, the way he helps space the floor and his defense, his basketball IQ, and not to, and not that that was a major issue for RJ Barrett. I don't think he was a you know, for lack of a better term, a dumb player. But I think you could see just in these two games, in in the game in Minnesota, he had several cuts to the basket that led to assists from from Brunson. That I thought that looks like better basketball than I've seen, and just the way he's able to play defense, be in the right place, fight for the rebound, just all of it looks better. To me, he looks like a smarter player. He looks like a, 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 a guy who's always going to be in the right spot, better defensively, shoots the three better, like all of it. They, he's initially come in and improved the team. Like Again, like he didn't even do that much in the game. He was the highest Nick point uh, plus minus in the game today. Like, right, yeah, he, he, he's one of those guys. And going in the playoffs, players like that help you win playoff games mm-hmm. because you got a guy that out there that could go out there and guard the Jason Tatum's and and you know you could switch he can switch on yeah. pick and roll you know all this stuff that yes. you know maybe doesn't show up in the stat sheet all the time with you know, his numbers but like he is a premier defensive player in the NBA 
and that's something that the Knicks really needed this year. hundred percent. Yeah, they were they were twenty six. They were twenty sixth in defense efficiency. He is. You're hundred percent right. He is a premier wing defender. That's what he. That that's what he is. They haven't had it. Uh, obviously, you know, you see how dominant the, the you know the ability to guard the three point line is extremely important when you get into the postseason. And now they have a guy who does it far, far better than almost anyone in the NBA and certainly anyone the Knicks had. So, like, the trade was really, like, when I first, and you you were right, you said at the beginning of your call, and, and the caller previous to you said he was heartbroken when the trade first went down. And you saw it at reaction video, you know, rea- reaction videos, and thanks, Mike, you got a bunch of sound on your, your line. Reaction videos are all the rage. And all the reaction videos were like, oh, man, that's a lot. I, You know, I like OG, but, man, that's a lot. And I was thinking, I mean, to me, R.J. Barrett didn't bother me at all because this is just a better R.J. Barrett. And I understood what quickly was and quickly's impact and, you know, what quickly meant to this team. But once they didn't sign him, I knew he wasn't long for this team. So, yeah, did I expect him or hope him to be in a deal that brought back someone who was more of a star and even more of an impact player than Ananobi? Yes. But right now, that you know, I don't know if that's out there, and that doesn't mean you should stop. Like, every single move can't be in the vacuum. I know that's where people think the Knicks are, right? That's I, I think that was part of it, too. I think the people, the Knicks fans feel like, they're they're there already. That they are a team that's a fifth seed. That they're right in that they're in the top of the t- the bottom tier, right? They're at the top of that tier, just below the upper echelon teams. They were there already, and so yeah, okay, this makes it slightly better. But ultimately, like it doesn't put them over the top. Every move can't be looked under the premise of can this does this make us a championship contender? Like not every move can be that. I mean, every move has to be on some level. Does this help us in that path? Right? You're always looking to get better. And if that trade, if they had to give up a first round pick or something like that, where really then you're like, wow, you've given up a first round pick and you've given up quickly. Like these are assets that we were needed to get that superstar. Like if it's just quickly and a second round pick. And R.J. Barrett, who I think his contract actually made it a bit of a an issue to get rid of him. And I don't think other teams were looking favorably on R.J. Barrett with that contract. So, I mean, for me, the trade initially, my response was they got the best player in the deal. And typically, we see that's usually the case. Other than, like, the, the Jets and the Adams trade. Like, you look around, most trades that you make and the best team, uh, the best player goes somewhere, that's the team that gets the better end of it. Like, typically, that's the case. And the Knicks got the best player. And what you've seen right now is him immediately bring impact. Immediately. Again, up until the end of the game when he got a couple of uh, dunks, like, offensively, he really wasn't involved that much. And he's a plus-minus 35, the best on the team. He's a plus 35. He's got two steals. Also, the was tied for the best with Randall. Two assists, eight rebounds. Only one for four from three-point, but five for nine from the field overall. Didn't get to the foul line. So, listen, he still has to do better offensively, and I think he will. He's going to get more comfortable with the team. He'll be a little bit more comfortable offensively. They're going to have to find some 
space for him to become uh, offensive, uh, more of an offensive weapon because you want to make him happy a little bit. You want to get him involved offensively. But it's only been two games. But ultimately, even when he's not involved offensively, if Rand, if, if R.J. Barrett wasn't hitting shots, if R.J. Barrett wasn't finishing at the rim, if R.J. Barrett wasn't playing the way he played in some of the Cleveland series, like, R.J. Barrett wasn't the type of player that didn't impact the scoring and then could still impact the game. Ananubi is a is a guy who can impact the game without scoring a ton of points. And the Knicks have a handful. The Knicks have a couple of those guys. Hartenstein is a guy who impacted that game without scoring points. Hart can be a guy who can impact the game without scoring points. And that's what you love about this team. And it does suit the coach. Now, the coach has limits himself, right? That's the, you know, Tibbs' M.O. is, as as Stephen A. Smith said it in the postgame, hard-fought, defensive-tested, you know, really gutty, gritty team that loses. Right? So we, we the Tibbs has a sort of a, uh, I don't know if shelf life or ceiling that we've we we've talked about in the young group that, you know, to come in and make a team instantly play better, play more cohesive defensive basketball is kind of his thing. But ultimately when it comes down to overplaying his stars and playing too many minutes and all the, the things that have, have, have followed him, his baggage that has followed him around the NBA, you're worried about it. But ultimately he is the coach of the team. And this player brought in here fits this team and his style of play far better. And I'd rather have, you know, a Randall who can play a ton of minutes, Brunson who I think can play a ton of minutes, although we've seen him kind of look, I don't want to say tired, but I'm concerned about it. Randall I'm less concerned about playing big minutes. Brunson I want to make sure I give him some time. But you've got guys like Hart and Hartenstein and now Ananobi and, you know, DiVincenzo even looks like a guy who's got high energy, although I wouldn't play him a ton of minutes either. But, like, they've got a bunch of guys here that fit this style of play, and they're going to get much better defensively. They're going to become more efficient offensively, and they're a better basketball team. And right now, I'm not chasing the championship right this second. Right this second, I just want to enjoy it. Is that okay? Let's enjoy the Knicks. Let's enjoy what they possibly could be and not worry about what they are limited in at the moment. That's all, just at the moment. But ultimately, yeah, more moves have to come. More moves have to come. But I love what I've seen from it. And it's instantly made an impact, which which is nice to see. Sometimes these things take time, especially losing, you know, the arguably the best six man in basketball, losing a guy who was their third overall pick and, you know, felt like the heart of the team, who they gave a contract to. Like to lose both of those guys and instantly play two games where you felt like obviously a signature win against Minnesota, the number one seed in the West. And then a Bulls team that's been playing better, but after a sloppy first half of basketball, dominating the second half and having a nice, easy, comfortable win. Like to instantly have this team change where you feel better about it, you look at it, it feels better, it smells better, it tastes better, and it's been two games, and even Randall admits it's been weird. It's been weird, it's been uncomfortable, it's been brand new, and still it's been better like that. I, that's a good sign for me because sometimes these things take time and we'd be having this conversation of, hey, it takes time, new team, 
you know, new city, New York, a lot of new stuff. It takes a minute. And instead, it's been, wow, game one, 17 points, 500 from behind the arc. Uh, was able to guard both, uh, you know, Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns. And then you turn it into this game. They run away from the Bulls. He's the best point-plus uh, um, player on the team at 35. He kind of impacts the game without having to score. Hardenstein gets 20 rebounds. They look better defensively. Like, it's all come together in two games. Now, that could change in a week. But right now, the instant fix that that trade has helped makes me feel a lot better about it moving forward as opposed to taking forever. 877-337-6666. All right, we'll continue to take your Nick calls as we get you for the last two hours here. One hour down, two more to go. But we will get into some football. We'll get into some baseball. And why I've changed my mind a little bit on a particular issue for the New York Yankees. Something about this offseason, I'm starting to change my mind, which doesn't happen often. But I'm starting to really uh, to heat up on a particular player I wasn't so hot on just a few couple, just a few days ago. So we'll get to that. We'll have that same old discussion we have every year. What to do with Saquon Barkley? Ain't it fun?